Hey there, thanks for visiting the podcast of the Guelph Vineyard Church. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast using whatever platform you listen on, or visit our website at guelphvineyard.com. Here's this week's message brought to you by Eric Humphrey. I'm excited about uh, what's going to happen this morning. I don't totally know. Uh, and that's, that's exciting. Um, we're going to try something different. Uh, we're going to try a contemplative exercise called gospel imagination. And uh, results may vary. Uh, dependent on, on how into it you are, how good your imagination is, uh, and how much sleep you had last night, all those sorts of things. So uh, I'm going to give some framework and then we'll dive into it. But first, uh, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for... Uh, the freedom and the ability to come together and worship you uh, without fear of reprisal or uh, persecution. Uh, We thank you for all the bounty and plenty we have in this nation, the freedom. We thank you for uh, all of the blessings that we have. We pray that as this morning that we look into your word and we ask the Holy Spirit to come and help illuminate it, that you would Uh, just show us the way and that you would speak to us. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I don't know if you saw in the e-news, I wrote that uh, we were going to be looking at Mark 5, uh, verses 21 to 34, the story of the woman with the issue of blood. Uh, Don't know what that means particularly no one does it's it's a guess um but uh, we're going to dive into that story so just to outline our time uh gospel contemplation was a contemplative practice coined by uh saint ignatius of loyola or loyola um he was uh a Catholic who was the father of the Jesuit movement and a pretty cool guy. He had a lot of prayer and contemplative practices that he brought to the church. And um, gospel contemplation or gospel imagination is uh, looking into a passage of scripture and kind of entering into it and asking the Holy Spirit to illuminate it from within. And uh, its main goal is to have an encounter with Christ in a contextualized story. And uh, I've done it a few times. And uh, the first time I fell asleep, because <laughs> the, the facilitator created this like extremely calm atmosphere and like put on soft music and read the passage and I was like, I was there. And then all of a sudden I wasn't. (laughs) And uh, the second time I had a really profound uh, experience. Um, And so, like I said, results may vary. (laughs) Um, So uh, I'm gonna start this morning by reading the passage And then uh, I'm going to give some background, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to guide us through 
And so um, you can follow along in your Bible, you can close your eyes, you can do whatever you like. So Mark 5, starting in verse 21, Jesus has just healed uh, the the demonic man or the demoniac and he's they kicked him out and he's crossed uh the red or not the red sea the sea of galilee and uh he's just landed on the other side so jesus got into the boat again and went to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore then a leader of the local synagogue whose name was jairus arrived When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had spent everything she had to pay the, uh, sorry, uh, with constant bleeding. She had spent everything she had to doctors to uh, get better, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask, Who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. So there's, some, there's, some, there's about five characters in the story. Jesus, he's usually a main character in a lot of the stories. Uh, there are the disciples. There's Jairus, uh, the synagogue ruler. Uh, there's uh, the woman who had the issue of bleeding. And there's uh, Jairus' daughter, the little girl. Okay? That's kind of all we hear about in this really short, like 14 verses. Uh, some interesting things about them that we know. So, uh, Jairus, his name means enlightened one. Uh, often names in stories in the Bible are significant. Uh, I think it's significant that he knew about Jesus. He had heard about his healing power and his daughter was sick and he, he comes. Because he was the leader of the synagogue, he is probably an important man. Um, maybe... Uh, power or wealth, I, I don't know exactly. You've got the disciples, we kind of know who they are. This ragtag, bumbling group of uh, dudes who uh, sometimes get it right, sometimes don't. Um, you've got Jesus, uh, and then the two women. 
So the little girl uh, who, she's about 12. Uh, interesting that she's the same age as the number of years that the woman had suffered. I don't know if it's significant, whether it's a literary device or whether, who knows. Um, and then you've got this woman. And because of Jewish ceremonial law, because she, was, she had an issue with blood, she would have been considered unclean. And so no one would have gone near her for 12 years. No one would have touched her. No one would have interacted with her. And she would have been an outcast and an outsider for 12 years. So you've got these five characters in the story. So here's what's going to happen. So I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to encourage you. uh, I'm going to read the story again. And I'm going to encourage you to pick somebody there. So you can be a person in the crowd, you can be a bystander, you can be anyone you like. And as I read it, I'm going to ask you to place yourself in the story, to hear the things that happen, to see the things that happen. And we're going to ask the Holy Spirit, uh, because this isn't just some mental exercise, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to enter in to our imagination and help us to see and hear and feel and smell uh, the story and for him to bring it to life. So I'm going to pray again. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to help us. So Holy Spirit, as we read this story again, I pray that you would illuminate the story, that you would help us to, uh, to see uh, what really happened, uh, that you would uh, help us to have an experience with Jesus uh, as he heals this woman, as he cares for her, and as he cares for um, Jairus and goes with him. I pray that you would uh, help us to uh, connect and to uh, to learn from you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to read it two more times. So uh, I'm going to read it slowly. And... Uh, And then I'll give you some more instructions. So Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue whose name was Jairus arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading, Fervently with him, my little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding She had spent everything she had to pay for doctors to heal her, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. 
For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask, who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. So I'm going to read it one more time. Okay? And at this time, I'm going to pause at the end. And uh, I'm going to give you uh, a moment of space to... uh, encounter the story, maybe you want to um, ask the Holy Spirit or ask Jesus in the story uh, what he has for you to go, go to him in the story and ask, you know, what, what do you have for me or what, what can I learn? And then uh, I'm going to share uh, an experience that I had as I was preparing this, and then I'm going to give others an opportunity to share anything that uh, they experienced as they uh, were in the story. They can tell us, you know, who they were and if there was any sort of significance to what they saw or heard and uh, go from there. It's an opportunity to be a little bit vulnerable and um, we'll go from there, Okay. So I'm going to read it one more time. Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding who had spent everything she had to pay for doctors to make her better, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him, 
So he turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask, Who touched me? But he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. So I'm just going to give us a few minutes. So I don't know if I'm interrupting a moment or not for you. If, uh, if you want to take some more time, feel free to ignore me. Uh, I'm just going to quickly share about my experience uh, with this. And then uh, I'm actually going to open it up to allow uh, others to share. And so I would love to hear kind of like who you were in the story any any thoughts or experiences that you had that were significant to you and uh, in your encounter with Jesus at the end if, if there was anything significant. So those are kind of the three things. As I entered the story, I was a little boy on the shore, kind of off to the side, and I saw Jesus pull up in the boat and I kind of saw the whole thing happen as a bystander. And uh, a couple of significant things that I noticed. Um, So I was really excited to see him heal this little girl, this daughter. I thought that would be, like, that was exciting. And so I, I followed. But then he heals this other woman, and he calls her daughter. And uh, she's someone's daughter, too. And I, I never really thought about that, and she's probably experienced some ostracization uh, for the last 12 years because of the culture and all of that, and so I, it was profound for me to see the care that Jesus had for this woman, and uh, I was struck because she stole the healing. <laughs> um, she didn't ask, he didn't really like offer, she kind of stole it. And yet he still, like, healed her. And so at the end, um, I had this experience of watching Jesus kind of turn towards me and, and see me. And I, the question of my heart was, so, um, so I became myself at this point. I was like, so you're willing to heal the little girl because her dad asked for healing and you're willing to heal this woman who stole it, what about me? And uh, in this story, I just see and I realize that I, like, I'm longing for Jesus to reach out and to heal me. And I feel, if I'm honest, I feel less than, I feel like an imposter and I wish that I could steal it or that my dad could ask or um, something because I feel like there's some sort of legitimacy to that. 
but I just have this experience of Jesus kind of like smiling at me and being like, no, you can ask too. And, um, and that's significant for me with the health challenges that I have and, and the other things. And so uh, I'm pressing into that. I'm leaning into that, that Jesus does care. Jesus does love and that you don't have to steal it or have other people ask for you necessarily. <laughs> you, can, you can boldly approach and you can ask yourself. And so in the story of Jairus and his daughter, that's, that's what I see. And uh, that was really special for me. And uh, it's still scary because uh, if I ask, there's still this like, but he might say no. And that's really scary for me. And uh, so I'm not totally through the processing of it yet. Uh, And uh, stay tuned. Uh, We'll see what happens. But that's, that's what I see in the story of Jairus and his daughter and this woman. So I wonder if there are others who, um, Mr. Doug, come on up, Doug. Yeah, it's easier to hear with the mic and, and so on. So do you want me to interview you or do you want to just talk? Okay, so who were you in the story? I was Jesus. You were Jesus. That's legit. <laughs> That's legit. <laughs> okay. And uh, what, if anything, was significant about that experience for you? Um, well, it was kind of like I get out of the boat and there's all these people crowding around. And then I feel somebody touch me. And it's like... Um, like the, the other guys, they say, you know, there's lots of people. And it's like if you have a bunch of people crowding around you and then somebody kind of puts their hand on you and you feel like you kind of feel the difference between somebody just rubbing up against you and somebody putting their hand on you. Um, and um, so then when I felt that, I had been, before I'd been asked by this other guy and I just kind of, I don't know to heal his daughter and I just kind of, didn't really worry about that because I knew that you know even if she does die I'm going to be able to heal her you know no no problem and um, so when I felt that I wanted to know who it was and then when I found out who it was I wanted to make sure that they knew what had happened. Now, did you have uh, an additional experience after that? Uh, so when I encourage people to have an encounter with Jesus, being Jesus in the story, that might have been different, but did you have another? Yeah, I did. Um, it made me... Um, I felt that I needed to... Uh, when, I, when I... Sometimes I got, I'll get pictures or words or things like that, and sometimes I share them, sometimes I don't. And... It's just kind of a reassuring that I need to make sure that I do. Thanks, Doug. Thanks, Doug. Anyone else? Rhino. I can reach if you want to stay put. Same questions. Who are you in the story? 
I was an onlooker. Okay. And what, what did you see as an onlooker? As an onlooker, I saw Jason being Jairus, a man of importance, calling out for his little daughter, Ari. And, um, and it was so, so real that it was in, in modern terms, like. So, then I saw the lady come up, touching Jesus' robe. And, you know, she wasn't, she was shunned, really, by all those people. So, compared to Jairus, who was important, and they opened a way for him to come, she had to sort of like sneak in and touch the rope of Jesus because she knew that if she did, she would be healed. And so to me, it meant that no matter who you are in this life, whether you have an important job or whether you are, say, a garbage collector or whatever, you know, it, it, it Jesus is after our heart. He is after, do we really trust him? And so, no matter who you are, you can come to Jesus as you are. And he rewards that faith in you by healing the lady, by, by healing Jerry's daughter, you know? No matter who we are, and that's really what it meant to me. No matter who we are, we can come to Jesus. He will heal us. He will. It's your faith that's made you well. Yeah. Mr. Bryce, you said you, I can't squat like that anymore. You got to stand. <laughs> Who are you in the story? I was Jairus. Okay. And what did you see? So, I, so, as Jairus, I was like, I was running to Jesus, and even though I was, like, important and, like, well off, I felt really vulnerable and, like, laying down, like, what, like, like my daughter was dying and laying that down to Jesus and having faith in Jesus even in my like importance and like that so and then as Jesus was coming and seeing like the woman touch Jesus Jesus robe it was like to Jesus like he loves everybody and he will help he will help me he'll help the woman who is suffering he'll help my daughter and i don't know that's pretty much it thanks price anyone else we probably have time for a couple more nikki who are you in the story well i was the woman with the issue of blood um, okay, yeah. 
Um, you know me well. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was sitting on a rock away from everybody else, uh, kind of watching uh, what was happening, and I saw Jesus coming and um, decided that this was it, that uh, I needed to go after this. So um, I kind of hid. I had a cloak, and I kind of put it over my head because I knew people recognized me. I mean, everybody knew who I was. Um, and so I sort of snuck down and actually came up behind him, but people also kind of stood away from me because they knew they knew who I was, so I, uh, I managed to get up behind him. And I touched him, and um, before that, I, one of the things I noticed was that, uh, well, after I touched him and I had that sensation in my body of things changing, um, and then he turns and asks, "Who t- who touched me?" And I thought, "Well, you've got to know, you're you're Jesus." And uh, all his disciples were saying, "Oh, come on, you know, <laughs> everybody's touching you. What do you mean, you know?" Um, and so he's looking around, and I'm kind of hiding, trying to hide, and he sees me. He knows who's touched me, so he looks right at me. And it's like, um, the challenge is, is are you going to, um, are you going to step into this or not? You know, are you going to admit it was you? Um, and so he's watching to see what I'm going to do. And, uh, so I do, I, uh, bow before him and just admit it. And um, that was that was it. His recognition, I think, was what touched me the most, is his knowing and seeing me. And um, I think personally for me, I do s- struggle with feeling uh, less than and kind of outside of things. And I do struggle with, and I have been recently with, in my own life with fear and uh, so just feel that that's something I can uh, hopefully have well have faith for and I've been praying for that so thanks Nikki yeah he does invite her to have a voice right like she's probably not had a voice in the community for 12 years and he says, you know, we're not just going to sneak through this. You can speak up. Maybe one more. Joy. I was just a bystander thinking how hard it is to walk in this sand. Because everybody's <laughs> pushing um, us around. And um, when I saw the lady, I went, oh, I know her. She's... She lives down the street. No, nobody's going to let her in. And before I knew it, she had touched Jesus and he had asked. And I was stunned that there would be a guy of power and a lady of low life. And so I asked Jesus, while I'm in that crowd, 
do you really heal? And he turns around and says, yes, go. So I went up to the lady and I asked her if she was healed, knowing she was. And um, she said, yes. And I said, then I'm going to help tell everybody. Thank you. So I'm going to pray into some of the things that we've, we've heard. Um, as with any word that we get, you know, we take it and we weigh it. Um, but I really do think the Holy Spirit has spoken this morning through many of these things and can continue to speak. And probably, you know, there's more stories out there. Um, but I would encourage you, as you are reading the scriptures, um, to try out another gospel imagination exercise to, to just kind of put yourself in the story. Um, sometimes it's easier if you hear it instead of read it, so you could go online. There's all kinds of things that will read the Bible to you. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so I, I'm just going to pray into that. And uh, we will wrap with that. Jesus, you do care about each and every one of us, whether we are of lowly position or high position, whether we have a voice or don't have a voice. You care about each one of us. And you are mighty to save. You are mighty to heal. And so we look to you and we ask that we would have the faith of Jairus to to go and ask. We would have the faith of this woman to just reach out and touch, uh, knowing that you heal. I pray that um, we would have the courage to bring our things to you. Uh, all of our hurts and and hang-ups and all the things, Lord, that we would uh, bring them to you and that we would have the courage to ask. And uh, I pray that um, Holy Spirit, you would just take the things that you would have us to learn and to grow with and to remember and that you would uh, write them on our hearts and all the other would just blow away Um, and that we would remember what you would have for us this morning. We just pray uh, in your name, Jesus, and for your glory. Amen.